This week on Pilot Co-Pilots, we have Eric Adams of AV Club and discuss Amazon's One Mississippi with Sarah Buse. Welcome to another episode of Pilot Co-Pilots, a podcast where we talk to TV industry guests and take you on a guided tour through the pilot of one of the season's newest shows. That's right. We treat each new series like baked goods from a co-worker. We'll try one to be polite, but we might not go back for seconds. <laughs> uh, I'm Evan Watkins. And I'm Maya Boudreau. And as we mentioned today, we are going to talk about One Mississippi, one of Amazon's new shows with right. uh, actress and friend Sarah Buse. Yeah. And then we have Eric Adams. Uh, he's the AV Club's TV editor. And he's going to discuss the Emmys with us, which are the, this coming Sunday. Yes. So that I'm be... excited. Yeah. You know, we've taken a little break. Well, just because there was no TV, really no TV on, yeah. you know, in August. So yeah. we're happy to be back. We got to step up our game again. I know. And then it's good timing, right in time for the Emmys. Yeah. So you guys can. I also want to apologize. What? Just preemptively. So, and you'll hear this later, is it's a geography issue. Um. We kind of, you were like, it's called One Mississippi. It takes place one Miss- in yeah. Mississippi. And I was like, no, but she's going to New Orleans. Anyway, I had no idea that New Orleans and Mississippi were like right there, but yeah, up so to each other. Yeah. Okay. So I, I looked it up on a map and I'm now I'm informed. Thank you for clarifying. You know, I'm, I'm, I generally find myself good at geography, but you know, the Southern states to me, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not good at geography. Yeah. So I'm more a world geography guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we did see Sully too. Oh God. Yeah, we did. Well, we do, we did a double feature. Yeah. Um, two comparable shows. Um, don't don't breathe. Scared, follow, very scary. Followed by Sally. Yeah. She's also just oh man, edge of edge of our seats. What a time. national treasure. Both, both Sully them, and, T- both and Tom Hanks. Both Hanks and Sully. I mean, it's perfect casting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. That's really that's all that's, that's all that's happened. That's in, all that's happened in my life <laughs> in, the last, in the last two, two months. months. Since we've done the last podcast. We just went and saw Sully. Yeah. And another movie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's do it. All right. All right. We are here with Sarah Buse, Chicago-based actress. Thanks so Chicago-based much. Chicago-based actress and good friend. Yes. And good yeah, friend. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. More importantly. Um, yeah. Thanks for being with us. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me, guys. But of it's course. It's really an honor. Yeah. I heard you had Ann Berkowitz from Tony Award winning for August Osage County. <laughs> we did. Anne and Sarah and Maya all did the school at Steppenwolf together. We did. We're all actors. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start, guys. <laughs> really killing it. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we all watched One Mississippi, which mm-hmm. is on Amazon. It's one of their shows that they made the pilot for, which they've been doing. They make the pilot, they see how people like it, and then they either pick up the show or they don't. Mm-hmm. They picked up this show. So it's been available to watch online for a while now. Yeah, I think I watched this maybe last September. Oh, wow. Um, I'll read the little log line and then we'll, then we'll talk a little more. This semi-autobiographical... I am also the worst at reading, so I don't know why I always do this. Anyway, <laughs> this semi-autobiographical dark comedy starring Tig Notaro follows her as she returns to her hometown after the sudden death of her mother. Still reeling from her own declining health problems, Tig struggles to find her footing with the loss of the one person in her life who understood her, all while dealing with her clingy girlfriend and dysfunctional family. 
That's yeah. just a ri- that's an that's written by anonymous on IMDb. I think oh. it's pretty good. <laughs> I, just, I just read that. They one have a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a pretty good description. Yeah, I think that's a good amount of information for the mm-hmm. pilot episode mm-hmm. too. Yeah. The thing is, it really is an autobiographical yeah. take. I mean, I've seen a lot of her stand up, and I've read a lot of read, read a lot of interviews by her, and it's it's like you can't make this whole tragedy yeah yeah i think like watching it you're kind of like if you didn't know that this actually happened you might be like you think it was outrageous yeah you think oh this is too ridiculous yeah and so essentially what i mean what actually happened in tignatar she's a stand-up what actually happened to her life she got breast cancer, right? Double mess. Mm-hmm. Before that, she had um, C diff. C diff. Oh, I thought. Oh, so that was all during. Yeah. So and the as... chronological order in the pilot episode is different from okay. what happened in real life. I think she was diagnosed with C diff. Mm-hmm. Her mom unexpectedly died. Yeah. And then she was then diagnosed she okay. with yes. breast cancer and had to get a double mastectomy. Yes. So it went in that order, and it was all like within a year. Yeah. And then within that, the girlfriend and, and her I'm broke a, out. I mean, they had to film it this way because she has, a, she had a double mastectomy. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, the pilot opens up, and that's kind of the first thing is she's go she's going to New Orleans to or Louisiana to Mississippi. Uh, no, no, it's it's Louisiana, oh. which is why I'm I'm interested oh. in the Miss, where the where Mississippi comes okay. in. But mm-hmm. she's going to Louisiana to 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 her mother's, <laughs> you know, her mother's on her deathbed and she's walking through the airport and like keeps going into the bathroom and mm-hmm. she's having these shitting problems, which is the C diff. <laughs> and it's very sad, but also very funny, you know, cuz she's it's just so she looks terrible. Yeah, she does, and I think that's the first thing her <laughs> yeah. brother says to her. Tig, what the hell? God, you look like shit. Thank you, Remy. Oh, my God. I told you on the phone. I'm just, I'm not You doing... told me you were sick. You told me you had flu. I, well, I know, but I, I, well, yeah. Is this the, is the chemo? No, this is the intestinal disease, the thing C. diff. Like the runs. I mean, do you want to dress it up? New Orleans International Airport. How's mom? She's... Still on life support. We can take her off life support. That's why you came here. Thanks, Bill, and hello. Hello, Tig. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy who I, th- I think the casting is just really well done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never seen the brother before, Me and neither. I've never mm-hmm. seen the guy who plays her stepdad. But he is. I've seen him in stuff. You have. He looked. I couldn't play yeah, that thing, but stuff. he looked very familiar. Sure, maybe. Name. Yeah, but he is was really good and i mean we all have known people like guys like that and it's just uh, yeah he kind of of just plays like emotionless uh Mm -hmm. logical Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. dad like immediately within two days wants to sell all of Tagging yeah. her all of his belonging. wife's belongings, yeah. yeah, like overly practical, but not in, yeah, and not not like a cruel way, just no. like in a like, right? This is what's happening. I'm no longer, I, I'm not, I'm not your stepdad any longer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not related Technical. anyway, yeah, anymore. Yeah. I can't keep her stuff. You got to take her stuff, it, and it's just, it's very, you know. And I think the thing about this show was y- y- there's so much tragedy mm. to deal with. And I, you know, because I watched it twice, I was just shocked at how well she does. And really, she's the one that makes everything funny. Yeah, definitely. Nobody else knows how to deal with this stuff. And she's just 
she does such a good job of putting everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know the little the little bad stuff that's right. happening. She's like making little jokes about to to right. lighten the air in the room, and I don't know. Well, I, just, I think that quality is kind of like what made her famous and accelerated her career because mm-hmm. it was that one stand up back in like 2012 I think at um the Largo in LA mm-hmm. where she started the stand up and she's been working for years and years but she wasn't really a household name and she did that stand up act and she started with hello I have cancer hello mm-hmm. yeah. and everyone in the audience mm-hmm. was like clapping and like wait what did yeah. she just yeah. say mm-hmm. and then it was kind of like after that that Louis CK tweeted something and like a bunch of other yeah. comedians who were at the club were like, oh my God, Tig Notaro mm-hmm. just did something amazing. And I think that it's like that ability that she has to look at a situation and re- kind of like remove herself from it and find the humor in it too. Not that that situation, anything about what she's been through is funny, mm-hmm. but at the same time, what else are you going to do? You mm-hmm. can't just be in a constant state of grief all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I mean, like that specific stand-up or that specific set is, yeah, exactly. It excelled her career, but also she's such a storyteller based comedian. Mm. You know what I mean? That it makes sense. I think that she would tell the story of what, you know, happened Definitely. in her life, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this time. Mm-hmm. There's know. a part in that stand-up where, where she's saying, oh, you know how they say God never gives you more than you can handle. And she's just laughing at how, uh, how much more can I handle? Yeah. And I think that is like, that is the, the show. Yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. she, how much more can she handle and how is she going to cope with right. it? Yeah. I didn't, you said before, Maya, that uh, part of the reason why they didn't do the story in chronological order with the mastectomy and the mm-hmm. death of her mother is because she already had the double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That was a good point. I initially thought it was just because, oh, you know, like they want to start with everything having right. happened, mm-hmm. yeah. which I thought like whatever reason they decided to do that, I thought it was a really good idea because we want to see like the aftermath of exactly. how like the situations are handled, mm-hmm. not necessarily her like living through the situations Mm -hmm. well i mean i honestly think it would just be too sad too drawn out too i mean which is terrible to say because she went through it but it's like for an audience it's easier to get it all at once and then yeah and then we'll figure it out together Mm -hmm. you know and the journey is going to be hopefully you know coming back from all this tragedy how you deal with it Mm mm-hmm when it's all happening at yeah. once um the other people casey wilson is did we mention casey wilson no, no. she's also in the in the pilot and she plays her girlfriend who just kind of doesn't understand her yeah you know she's like <laughs> mm-hmm. it's almost she's like as i if- need beignets there was a death <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah almost like to kind of figure that they would have broken up by now sort yeah, of thing you can kind of yeah. taste that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I, you know, it's funny because I've, I've really been, I, I really haven't seen Casey Wilson in that much, but I've, I've been enjoying her a lot lately and I'm glad she's getting yeah, a lot I of think work. She, I think she's going to be good in this. Um, there are some flashbacks too, which, which uh, are kind of the, for me, they were the most devastating part of this pilot is, well, at least the first time. <laughs> um, because the Ma, you know, she's, 
going back to her hometown and she'll look at like certain places in the hometown and have a memory and it'll like kind of, you know, do the Nash, like a Instagram filter. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be old timey, a little bit old timey looking and, uh, and it'll be clips of her and her mom. And it's just, and it's, tra- it's still, it's very tragic and it's very sad. And I, I know Sarah, you said you cried like three times. Before, I did. Before. Yeah. And it was, and I think they're part of the reason I mean, we're dealing with like really serious and sad stuff, but at the same time, it's all kind of like understated, you know, like Mm -hmm. there isn't really too much grief being expressed like through Mm -hmm. the actors and just in general. And I think that's what makes it so incredibly sad for the viewer because like it allows us to have our own Mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did cry. I, I cried so many times. <laughs> and I think also it's it's not emotionally manipulative. And I think as a viewer, yeah, and that's can, actually a really it's so great thing about it, it. it's so clearly not emotionally manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it allows us to feel more. Yeah. And we don't feel like we're being forced to, mm-hmm. you know, forced into a certain yeah, emotion. And I laughed like out loud like a lot too. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it it does such a good job of I'll be crying and then and then laugh because she's so good at just switching that totally that moment of if you're not gonna laugh what do you what else are you gonna right, do you're gonna right. want to die right um but the so the first time Maya and I watched this I think we watched it separately the first time yeah, and then I we watched, watched it, it together and the second time was a little bit harder when it got to the flashback mom parts because. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, I know this actress. I know who is that? Like we've seen. And her. I, I, ha- I started crying immediately at when it you during know, the, the, the first flashback. Yeah, during the flashback, and I just started bawling. And, and then all like, of a sudden, we both had the realization at the same time. Oh, we've worked with this. woman This is before. Rhea Kilstead. She's played <laughs> Maya's mom in something what? in a short film she in was sticks. in. And she, no, yes. Yeah, that was recently too. Yeah, we were insane. But I think that we, I, I think that we were the first time. It we was watched a shock. I must have been my eyes were so tear filled that I didn't realize who it was. <laughs> but we were both, and then oh, it, how and odd. it was, it was so, so weird. And she's great. Yeah, love her. I mean, is that also her on the deathbed? No, no. it's not. No, okay. it's, no not. it's not. Okay, but she, she's an actress that's in everything. She's she's Gil Bellows. Wow. wife as well and they're like i think you know they work a lot they work a lot in Ho- in hollywood and she's but, um, she was like on nashville recently anyway anyway that's just so funny <laughs> that is pretty funny i see i thought you were gonna say you were laughing because i was i didn't cry so much during the flashback parts i thought they were kind of funny because it just like she had a cigarette in yeah, her mouth hosing she's down hosing the- down yeah. everything very like <laughs> like from the children to, yeah. The, yeah. to the high chair yeah. yeah. well i think that to me that seems like what parenting was in yeah. the 70s definitely. right yeah. yeah just like you're hosing your yeah. kids yeah. down yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely um yeah but- strawberries along the railroad tracks <laughs> the goes, yeah that was safe <laughs> Um, but so, um, are they all out on Amazon now? They all came, yeah. They're, yeah they're, I think out. they all came out on well, September 9th, I think, was the day. Okay. So, definitely when the podcast comes out. Whoa, <laughs> burped. Right I burped. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you can go You can go on Amazon if you have an Amazon Prime account, mm-hmm. or you, I'm sure you can probably you can buy, buy the season yeah. as well. Yeah, 
But I think there's six episodes, so it's a uh, you know. Yeah, it's short. It's easily and they're twenty two minutes, maybe right. a half an hour, but right. probably I think mm-hmm. around you know twenty thirty minutes. So easily digestible. I'm actually excited to watch the rest. I am too. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know like where this is going and and also because of you know I'm interested to see what happens between her relationship with her girlfriend too because I think it's pretty obvious that that's not going to last yeah. for yeah. very long. Mm-hmm. And just knowing a little bit about uh, Tignataro's story yeah. after this all right. happened, um, yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering how how autobiographical it will be. It seems to me that this might first season, if I had to guess, is going to be like her trip back to Los Angeles from mm. just knowing her story anyway. Um, so it's that interesting would be my you guess. say that too because I I had assumed watching the pilot episode that the stepdad and the brother are going to be series regulars on the show, but I also don't envision them going to LA. So interesting yeah. how that will unfold. Hmm. Yeah, because she does eventually have to leave. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. stepdad. I mean, he's such a character and so good, but it's like because he's so emotionally uh, detached. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how much can you really right. do with that? Mm-hmm. Although those they, were those were some of the funniest moments was her, they, her dealing with it right. because she was so like, "Really, Bill?" It's like her, are you like serious? playing off of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's already so dry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah. And and so for someone to be even more sort of <laughs> You know, dry and detached, mm-hmm. and her to play off of that is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is mom's new car. Was. I think you should take it back to Los Angeles. I could use the space. Jeez, pull it together. You don't want to be too sentimental. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I kind of loved how, how short and sweet it was. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh, that was really short. Like that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But so much happens in such a small amount of time, and it's so emotionally, you know, like such an emotional roller coaster. I just thought I, I remembered it being longer, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no, this it was the perfect little gem." And it, a, it is like a perfect it. like storytelling piece. Um, another thing about the show is uh, this is also this. So this is written by Tignataro and Diablo Cody, mm-hmm. um, which I forgot until just now. Um, Who's and, co-writer, co-producer? Yeah. Diablo Cody, and then I think um, Louis C.K. is an executive producer on it. Yeah, also. he's. I think it's his production company. So okay. I mean, it's it's funny people who know how to tell stories mm-hmm. and are good at this kind of thing. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll all definitely watch more. We always say that at the end of. I definitely will. I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good little story of mm-hmm. human emotion, definitely and human interaction and humanity. <laughs> <laughs> human that's it's a lot of it's, no, it's great to human. see i mean sometimes you you know you watch certain shows and it's just like those are not real yeah humans. it's those simple aren't, those it's are subtle characters. and yeah definitely yeah um slice of life so oh th- thank you for for talking about this with oh, us sarah thank you guys. do you I want uh, our listeners to follow you on any of the social media sites or anything sure, like that Sure, why not you guys can follow me on instagram um my name is musical as in the musical but it's just musical. All right, <laughs> great. And thanks so much again for talking about thanks, this with Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Us. Great hanging out with you. <laughs> yes, as always. <laughs> 
All right, we are here with Eric Adams, who is the editor, TV editor of AV Club. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so thank much you. for having me. Uh, and today we're going to kind of talk about the Emmys, talk about TV, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, great. Uh, let's start a little bit with, with you, what you do, kind of what got you to your position that you have now. Yeah, sure. Uh, I knew I wanted to be a writer in freshman year of high school. Um, I have this sappy origin story where I wrote some dumb thing about the uh, the Detroit Red Wings winning the Stanley Cup in 1998. And oh, it was a great time for us Michiganders. It was, the 90s. You, you know, oh, God, there was a very the long, dry spell uh, for the state. The auto industry was yeah. starting to collapse. The Tigers hadn't won a World Series since 1984. The Wings hadn't won a Stanley Cup for 50 years. And so, like, it was a very important uh, time. Mm-hmm. And then there was an, uh, a limo crash uh, after the Stanley Cup win. Oh. And some of the players... You know, oh, they, yeah, I vaguely remember that. They were yeah. unable to come back. And so, like, this thing that I wrote was about one of the players, and I gave it to my mom to proofread before I turned it in, and she started crying, and I was like, I am good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing with these words. And yeah. she's obviously, it, was, it proved she was a really good a Red Wings fan as yes, well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Vladimir Konstantinov was her favorite player. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at that time, I, I, I had ambitions of being a sports writer. Uh, for a while, I thought I'd be a political columnist. And then when I got to college, I realized that my my deepest areas of interest, my widest areas of expertise were in pop culture, uh, in music and film. And eventually, as it revealed itself to me when I took a position uh, here at the AV Club Mothership in 2011, uh, that I have been preparing my entire life to write about television. What's your favorite thing to write about that kind of thing? Or what what is your role as the... TV editor. As a TV editor, I oversee all of our television coverage from uh, pre-air reviews before shows premiere to TV Club, which is our recap uh, feature within the TV section. Though we don't like to use the word recap because mm. what we do are reviews. Mm-hmm. We do not provide summary. Uh, and then also edit some long-form TV pieces. Uh, we have a handful of recurring features that are both... Uh, retrospectives on older shows and kind of longer takes on uh, ongoing shows. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm the master of the television domain, I suppose. Amazing. So you have some predict you you have some predictions of your own for this. Uh, I I don't I don't necessarily know if I have predictions. I have shows that I want to win. Right. Okay. okay, gotcha. Because yeah. uh, okay. like even even doing this this job. So I've been with the I've been with the company since 2008. I started on the TV beat in 2011. And, you know, even being with it for five years now, I don't, like, it's very hard to get a full grasp on Emmy's history Mm -hmm. and Emmy patterns and, Mm -hmm. you know, what the Television Academy is really going to go for. Like, there are a few kind of rules of thumb and a few patterns that they always follow, but... What would you say? What would you say those are? Well, like, specifically, you know, television is a medium that both rewards novelty and familiarity so you will see frequently new shows something like mr robot this year or uh or unreal in the acting categories uh will pop up they'll they'll have all this shine on them and then if they don't win that award it's entirely possible that you'll never see them in any of those Mm -hmm. categories again Mm -hmm. what and then once you're established they like 
to repeat winners. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Once you're established, once you're like a, a Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. kind of figure, like and Julia Louis Dreyfus, or Julia yeah, Louis Dreyfus, yeah, yeah. or Kelsey Grammer in the '90s. Uh, you know, when when you have when you have name recognition, and when potentially you are a movie star, because there is still like a we're getting over it, but there is still an inferiority complex toward film mm-hmm. within the TV realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Emmys aren't as shameless about nominating <laughs> huge stars yeah. for TV work as, yeah. say, the Hollywood foreign press mm-hmm. who puts on the Golden Globes mm-hmm. are, but. Uh, you know, you will see someone like William H. Macy who keeps on getting nominated for Shameless, even though like most Shameless viewers would identify him as the least interesting part of that <laughs> mm-hmm. show. And then there's the John Hamm sort of effect where he's nominated, nominated, nominated. Last season, sort of throw him a bone, mm-hmm. he wins. Sort <laughs> exactly. Of well, like that that was that was an interesting situation where I think like AMC created a very difficult scenario for themselves where. They had this show that was so, so acclaimed, but not very well watched. And then a year later, they launched Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And so Bryan Cranston becomes this heavyweight in the acting category. Mm -hmm. And the guy who kind of opened the door (laughs) for that show to Mm -hmm. get attention was Mm -hmm. shut out all the way until Mm -hmm. he didn't have to compete with Bryan Cranston. Right, right. Right. Well, should we we begin? Should we kind of start talking about the actual uh, Emmys here? Yeah. And we'll kind of go in order of... What the, 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 nominee, the, the how they presented them last year. Okay. So first was Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. So the nominees are, <laughs> uh, we have Niecy Nash for Getting On, Allison Janney for Mom, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Judith Light on Transparent, Gabby Hoffman on Transparent, and Anna Klumsky, right? Is that mm-hmm. that yeah. On Veep. Um Allison Janney won last year mm-hmm. for Mom. I think personally, I think probably Allison Janney will take it again. That's sort of what I I've would, been reading. People are kind of expecting. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I if, probably would agree. If you go off the the idea that the Academy is very loyal to people who they've already given awards to, like they've given they've given her the award in this category for this show. She is also a perennial favorite from mm-hmm. her work on the west wing oh yeah so she's you know she seems sort of like a lock this is this is an interesting category where there's a there's a pretty healthy mix of both the traditional comedies and sort of those those comedy in theory sad comms mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh you know good good for getting on a show that like nobody watched uh-huh. to get multiple yeah. acting nominations yeah She's I'd actually my pick. I'd love to see her win. Because she is just solid on everything she does. Like, I've never seen Niecy Nash not be hilarious or devastating or just great. You know? So she's well, actually it's just such a it's such a new, like, shade for her, this getting on. I just feel like it's just so interesting to see her and, you know, alongside Lori Metcalf and just like going, you know, head to head with her. I sh- I th- I'd love to see her win. I also thought um, that Gabby Hoffman was really good this season on Transparent, and I thought she brought it and it was had some really heartbreaking, interesting scenes. So I mean, either of those, Alice and Jenny for sure will win. <laughs> yeah, it's funny actually. Al- uh, so the most Emmys ever won by a female performer. Cloris Leachman has eight, uh-huh. and then it's Allison Janney and Mary Tyler Moore. They're they're second. So if she if she does take it this year, she'll be uh, tied for the most mm-hmm. most Emmys uh, 
as a female ever, which is interesting and amazing. Great for she her. really crosses over. She'll she's she just as effective as a as a movie star. And, and she's you know she the Emmys have in the past few years uh, awarded her for that versatility. You know she's been yeah. nominated for Mom at the same time that she's been nominated for Masters of Sex. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know she's uh, she is really. She can have it all. Kudos to Alice and Jenny. <laughs> this is really a love around. fest on uh, Alice and Jenny. All right. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. We got Louis Anderson for Baskets, Andre Brower for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Keegan-Michael Key, Key and Peele, Ty Burrell, Modern Family, Titus Burgess, Unbreak- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Tony Hale for Veep, and Matt Walsh for Veep this year. Um, and last year, Tony... Tony Hale took it. Uh-huh. Um, I think Louis Anderson's going to win. I want him to win so, so badly. I just like, think he might. That, yeah. per- that performance is so strange and so affecting. And there are so many ways where it could go totally wrong. And it never does. Yeah, yeah. He's someone that, you know, and I listened to his Terry Gross interview a couple months ago where he was kind of talking about his mother and uh and this role as a mother and it was just so beautiful the way he he and just to see him back after so many years like you know because i think he's had some dark times in his life and i i feel like this would really be a, a like a a rising phoenix story it'd be a culmination of a lot of hard work yeah mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time like this category this i think this one specifically might be my sophie's choice uh category and we can <laughs> I may say that again when we get deeper into the list, <laughs> but like uh, Andre Brower doing yeah. uh, incredible work <sighs> on so Brooklyn Nine Nine, so dry, so mm-hmm. good, so so committed to that performance. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's really the only one that's been kind of consistently nominated for that show. I know Andy Samberg has been a couple times, but he's pretty much or at least the last couple seasons been nominated every time i believe he's a great character yeah there's a lot in this category though i mean i really i mean probably tony hale will actually take it again yeah um there was a stretch when ty burrell was winning every year but i think that ship has sailed yeah the modern family i feel like is on its way out hopefully that's the sun is kind of setting on that fingers crossed emmy franchise because you know fortunately veep's been kind of pushing them out of the outstanding comedy category so rightly so it would be great for the, you know, this is the last chance for Keegan Michael Key to win something for right. Key and yeah. Peele. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a lot. That, I, honestly, that's probably this. That category is kind of that's a tough one. Yeah, you can't. You really can't go wrong with any of those selections except for Ty Burrell. Yeah. There you can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series um, is next. We got Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Aziz Ansari for Masters of None, Master of None. Will Forte, Last Man on Earth, William H. Macy, Shameless, Thomas Middleditch, Silicon Valley, and Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent, who won last year. Wow. I guess I didn't realize Thomas Middleditch was nominated for that, lead. Wow. That was, yeah, that was one of my pleasant surprises. He, yeah. uh, God, I keep on talking in hyperbole, but seriously, Thomas Middleditch is giving one of the best lead performances on television right now. And that's that's such a, like, like uh, Mrs. Baskets, that's a character where if you go a little too broad, if you pour on the the louder strokes of it, it goes completely wrong. But everything that Thomas Middleditch does as uh, as Richard is so just finely tuned as that character, and he he himself is so so funny. I mean, it seems like Master of None was just such a critical 
darling, that maybe that would happen this year. Maybe Aziz would get it this year. I, I don't know. think probably Tambor again. But, you think so? Oh, I but don't know. at the same time, you know, I think something is going to go. One of these awards is going to go to Blackish, whether it be, you know, Best Comedy or, uh, you know, Anthony Anderson, I think, really has a shot here too, because. There's not that many opportunities, I think, this year for network, network broadcast networks to win. And I think that voters will take the, those opportunities when they can, when they really yeah. think that, you know, it's some it, blackish is yeah. a show that's doing something interesting on. Yeah. And we haven't TV. gotten there yet, but or Tracy Ellis Ross has gotten. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen blackish, but I've, I've heard she's really good on it. Well, specifically, Anthony Anderson uh, submitted the episode Hope, which is the like right. the incredibly right. powerful uh, Black Lives Matter inspired episode of Blackish. So, like, he is he is showing a different side of his character and a different side of his talent in that mm-hmm. episode, and like that that gives him a really good chance. Does he have a chance against the kind of spending power that Netflix throws behind its campaigns? Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, in this category, you can kind of see, I think, where like each nominee probably has little pockets of support within the body and it may kind of split down the middle to the point where it just opens up a wide berth for William H. Macy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, let's move on, though. Uh, uh, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. We got uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep, Ellie Kemper, Ellie Kemper for Kimmy Schmidt, Tracy Ellis Ross uh, for Blackish, Laurie Metcalf for Getting On, Amy Schumer for Inside Amy Schumer, and Lily Tomlin for Fr- Grace and Frankie. Um, uh, I... This is this is just Julie Louis Dreyfus's category for yeah. the for the remainder of Veep's run. I think so. Uh, our our staff TV critic Joshua Alston said to me a few months ago, like I'm starting to resent Veep a little bit for being so good because <laughs> it gives nobody else a chance yeah. in this category. Yeah. And she's someone with already six um, six. Emmys. So she's she's inching up there on Alice and Janney too. Yeah. And, and Cloris Leachman for that matter. <laughs> there's, a, there's a real there's a real record breaking kind of horse race going mm-hmm. on there. Oh, I'd love to see Lloyd Metcalf win though. But I'm she's just such she, a getting on head. <laughs> well, Lloyd Metcalf is also someone who is not hurting for Emmy Awards either. True. She no. won a bunch for Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she's true. nominated in another category, right? She's nominated She's nominated for guest actress for oh, Horace right. and Pete. Um, right, yes, right. Yes. Um I put on here outstanding reality competition program. Eric, you have any thoughts on this? Uh this category is invalidated by the <laughs> Lack of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, which... <laughs> and I would say Survivor. Listen, mm. I've, I've been a Survivor yeah. fan for years. I love that show. I'll stand by it every time. And it was know. it was a particularly solid year for Survivor, correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're still getting insane ratings, which is hilarious and amazing to me. But anyway, I don't really watch any of these other shows. Yeah, yeah. Amazing I mean, Race. Top Chef. I don't know. Well, I think it was Voice last year. Oh. And now with Alicia Keys going all out, no makeup for the rest of her career, you know, it's getting, the voice may be getting some more press. So. And this this is one of those categories where <laughs> to be you fair, just... Tom Colicchio is not wearing any makeup on top. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Just on top of his He's a little, little yeah. touch. Yeah, his head would get too shiny without <laughs> makeup. 
But this this is one where the I think the nominees pretty frequently get rubber stamped. So actually exciting things that are happening in reality, like something like MasterChef Junior, mm-hmm. uh, probably doesn't ever have a chance. My my silver lining in the nominations is that RuPaul did get nominated for best host. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, okay. I'd, I'd hate to see him steal that away from Cat Dealey, who is forever and always <laughs> the best of reality hosts. But uh, see, I'm sticking with probes. <laughs> uh, all right. Next is outstanding supporting actress in a limited series or movie. We got Melissa Leo all the way. Regina King, American Crime. Sarah Paulson, American Horror Story Hotel. Kathy Bates, American Horror Story Hotel. Gene Smart and Fargo, and Olivia Coleman in The Night Manager. You know, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, Regina King is great in American Crime. That would be mm-hmm. a, that would be yeah. a repeat for her. I could see that. Yeah. Um, she did her best work in this eligibility period in The Leftovers, but that show has no Oof. chance of ever getting nominated, which is just too bad. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say I'm probably. I mean, I think probably just for name recognition, it'll be between Kathy, probably Kathy Bates, but. Jean Smart's also so great. She's very, very good. And probably, I can imagine that Hollywood loves Jean Smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love Jean Smart. Yeah, that's true. I don't I think Melissa Leo kind of screwed herself with that whole campaign she did in 2011 for The Fighter where she like, put out, do you remember this? Oh, yeah. She had like full page campaign for, in like Hollywood Reporter and all that stuff of just like her in like a sequined gown and her by the pool just like (laughs) nominate me for the fighter for your consideration and I think it just like creeped everyone out and I don't know I mean you know after the prisoners it's really after prisoners was it prisoner prisoners prisoners prisoner prisoners after that she just creeps me out in general (laughs) I'm kind of scared of her she's scary but the fun thing is you give Melissa Leo a trophy on your live telecast of an award show and mm-hmm. she's she's going to drop some F-bombs. It's going to oh, get exciting real quick. Oh, yeah. Very okay, true. I'm for Melissa Leo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got um, Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie. Sponsored uh, by FX. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jesse Plemons and Bokeem Woodbine for Fargo. Hugh Laurie for the Night Manager, and then uh, all, all all the people versus OJ's all the OJ's uh, <laughs> uh, cast: Sterling K. Brown, uh, David Schwimmer, and John Travolta. And oh, let me let me also say, last year in this category, pretty much Olive Kittredge swept most mm-hmm. of the stuff. So that being said, I think that's I think this is probably a category where most of the time it's like, here's the thing. This was the event of the year, and here are the awards. Yeah. So This is the event of the year. You were able to watch it in a weekend or an evening, so mm-hmm. you actually managed to make the time for it because right, right. you are a member of the Television Academy, right. which means you're making the TV. You're not right. watching the TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think probably it would be Sterling K. Brown, but man, do I want to see Travolta accept an award. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you would do it as that character, too. Because man, that was my favorite. T- that that was my favorite uh, character of of the year. I mean, just watching him was so 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 shocking. <laughs> so shocking. It was a shock. Um, but I, you know, I kind of thought. I think maybe Jesse Plemons might. I mean, no. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I feel like I've heard from multiple things. Like, if anyone from Fargo, it's going to be Bokeem. Yeah, Bokeem oh. g- delivers this like relevatory performance as uh, Mike Milligan. This assassin who's 
been brought in by the crime family that's trying to take over the crime family that's led by Gene Smart. Mm-hmm. And he's just this, he's this very philosophical character. He's got a lot of long, really colorfully written monologues. Um, just, uh, just great. He'd be the one I'd want to see take it. I don't think he's got a chance against the People Schwimmer. versus OJ block. Like, yeah. Wow. Three from one show, that's pretty good. And that is that if if we're talking about a phenomenon, if we're talking about the event of the television yeah, year, it was, it was truly the people versus an event. Um, and now we are on to outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie, um, which we have got Kirsten Dunst for Fargo, Felicity Huffman for American Crime, Audra McDonald, Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, uh, Sarah Paulson, People vs. OJ, Lily Taylor for American Crime, and Kerry Washington for Confirmation. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I, I don't think okay. there's any. I think the the episode the episode title speaks for itself. Yeah, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. She she dominates that show from the moment she appears on screen, and by the time you get into the middle of that season, where that episode pops up, that's just Ugh. so focused on her and so carried by her performance. Yeah. It's uh, she's phenomenal. Yeah, and FX did a very smart thing when they sent they sent these episodes out so early because I think a lot of people were looking at. Like, all right, well, we remember it wasn't long enough ago for us to have completely forgotten what a terrifying circus the OJ trial was oh, yeah, and yeah. how overwhelming it was and how quickly we wanted to move past it. And so I think they did a very smart thing of getting ahead of that and also getting ahead of like what this is a a miniseries uh, about racial politics in America that's being produced by Ryan Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I, I was incredibly skeptical uh, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And then I slammed through the first six episodes over uh, the break between Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. last year. And the last episode they sent us was Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And that, like, yeah. to that, that was just such a perfect exclamation point mm-hmm. on you're going to get really mm-hmm. excited yeah. about this. Yeah. I mean, I think the only upset would, and not even, you know, Kirsten Dunst in Fargo, I think, has a bit of a shot, but not really. She would kind of probably be this, you know. It's a, it's a very fun performance. Uh, it's another side of Kirsten Dunst that I don't think we've seen in mm-hmm. a very long time. I think she has a very fruitful uh, second act of her career in television because of this. But Sarah Paulson. Yeah. It's Sarah Paulson's year. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I would be fine with Sarah Paulson also winning uh, Outstanding Supporting, even though, like, this was the American Horror Story ser- uh, season yeah. that I tuned out of the most quick. Was this I think Freak I just Show? Wa- I, no, Hotel. Oh, see, I think I, I only can. watched the first, so first episode, in fact. Um, but, and you know what? It's funny because I was not a huge... I mean, she's around and she's in all the Ryan Murphy stuff, and I was not a huge Sarah Paulson fan, and now I am. Like... I think she just showed what she can do, which she doesn't always get the opportunity or the roles for that. Well, because she's got Ryan Murphy's words in her mouth. <laughs> uh, lead Outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. Uh, Brian Cranston, All the Way. Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock, The Abominable Bride. Jesus. Uh, Idris Elba, Luther, Cuba, Gooding Jr., OJ. Tom Hilson, Night Manager, and Courtney B. Vance, OJ. Yeah, you know, I I really wish that 
Sterling would have submitted in lead rather than in supporting. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, I get he really could have. Because I think like if you're if you're talking about where People versus OJ gets into caricature, it is with OJ and it is with Johnny Cochran. Yeah. yeah. And like for Courtney B. Vance, he does a he 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 does a great job with that character, but he's also competing against our memories of a cartoonish Johnny Cochran on Seinfeld. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So like there's there I think there's like a few extra hurdles he has to get over. And I was never I was never as magnetized to that character the way I was to Chris Darden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on yes. to the I mean, outstanding limited series OJ. I mean, I think OJ has mm-hmm. to win. It's just gonna OJ's got to win. I think OJ would have stood a chance of winning if they submitted this as outstanding drama. Yeah. I think it just it just has it has better chances mm-hmm. here because that's FX broke the mold when it made American Horror Story. It opened up this whole area where it just it, FX just colonizes this category <laughs> it's so now. Smart. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, and and Ryan Murphy, he's gained a little more respect in my book. So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested to see what the second, this, uh, the next season the next of crime. Uh, American Crime Story. Do they rule will out Jean Benet? Uh It's going to be about Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Oh, okay. CBS yeah, I do is remember doing that. a CBS is doing a Benet, but it's like a documentary it's a do- yeah. series. Yeah, it's a it's true not, crime. Yeah, thing. it's a true crime. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so horrible. Outstanding variety talk series, um, which last year. Daily Show. It was the last year, which it's so crazy because that seems like so long. Like Daily Show is the distant past. Um, What's well, that eligibility uh, window yeah. messing with your mind? Yeah. Um, comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Jimmy Kimmel Live last uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, Late Late Show with James Corden, Real Time with Bill Maher, and uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I'm interested to hear what you guys think on this. This is a category that's colored by some notable absences, one of which being The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, uh, the other being The Stephen Colbert Late Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ni- you know, neither of those shows have really kind of found the traction where mm-hmm. you need it in mm-hmm. uh, that genre of late night these days. I really like The Colbert Late Show. I think it's going to it's, – it's turning a corner. Once it finds what it's very, very good at, yeah. I think it'll stick around – but you can't you can't compete with fucking James Corden singing karaoke with celebrities. Sorry, can I can no, I curse? No, of course, okay. of course. <laughs> I like that this this is yeah. the year where that tide turns in this yeah. uh category where the fun the fun time slumber party talk shows are gonna start to dominate this category. Yeah. And you know, I'll just say this. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting this year because it's on a- the show's on ABC. Mm-hmm. The Emmys are on ABC, so of course they're going to get their host, which is which is Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know. I mean, he's I think he's actually he's won probably more than any anyone else in this category. Fallon's never won. Uh, I think he's been nominated a couple times, but yeah, I mean, I, I, perhaps James Corden. It'd be interesting, but also I really with the Daily Show not being nominated. And all the viral videos, not only from James Corden, but from John Oliver. Yeah. I think John Oliver really stands a chance to perhaps win. So. This this is where that show kind of actually inherits the mantle that we've been pushing exactly. on it for the first yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully next year, Samantha Bee will, will join him mm-hmm. uh, in this category. 
and very interesting comedians and cars getting coffee you know there's a there's a lot of star power there but like good on crackle a service that nobody uses uh getting an emmy nomination yeah yeah uh moving on outstanding supporting actress in a drama series did we we skip the sketch series oh did we oh sorry it's we easy did. to do we, because we it's, it was a new category last year. Yes, we, we did. did. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. Uh, documentary Now, Drunk History, Inside Amy Schumer, Key and Peele, Portlandia, and Saturday Night Live. I, I think it might be Documentary Now, and I, I think it should be Documentary Now. <laughs> It's and definitely the the weirdest of the bunch, you know, the kind of the most original. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it, and it was so earnest too. I mean, it just there. It was just I don't know. See, I think because of Key and Peele it being its last year, I think probably this is the time it should it right. should get it. And especially like if you know Keegan Michael Key doesn't get the award, maybe this is the opportunity to Good award point. them both. It's point. it's competing against a lesser season of Inside Amy Schumer, yeah. which won yeah. the, yeah, the mean, award I, last year. That season just kind of came and went. I didn't even yeah. realize it didn't it. get as much. I don't think it got as many viral, well, last viral was, stuff. So you know, viral. I didn't see as many you know shares on Facebook of that stuff. You know, it kind of it kind of went up its own butt this year too. Mm. Like it was it was all <laughs> of the all of the sketches are about fame and increased uh celebrity yeah. profile yeah uh, it it did it kind of lost its like i'm i'm just everybody charm yeah yeah the, the and bu- I, yeah she did too yeah <laughs> <laughs> the bummer, so true the bummer about documentary now which i'm in agreement with maya yeah. here like should win is it too specific does it have enough broad appeal to yeah, to probably. Appeal. I like, mean, it's definitely the one I want to win, and I think you're probably right about Key and Peele. I didn't, you know, now realizing last year, yeah, I would, I could see that winning. I mean, I, I mean, I love say, drunk history Fred too, Armisen, but though, is the most talented person, <laughs> perhaps well, in the world. And no. Bill Hader. I mean, it's oh, like well, we're, yeah. it's sort of uh, perfection. I don't, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but I did spend most of last night watching the first four episodes of the second season of Documentary Now. Oh, yeah. And oh after God. one of the episodes, I stood up and ran around my friend's <laughs> apartment screaming that Bill Hader deserves all of the awards for uh, the episode that parodies uh, Spalding Gray's uh, Swimming oh to Cambodia. Oh my God, oh my um, God. Wait. It's... <laughs> you That's know, a combination. I mean, Spalding Gray and Bill Hader, it's like, I'm done. It's just for, perfection. For me, I, w- I plan to be weeping openly when the stop making sense episode uh, premieres this oh. year oh my God. but that that spalding gray episode is like it's just a whole different level like bill Hader is my favorite comedic performer in the entire world yeah. right now and you know there, he's done a lot of things that i would call a tour de force before mm-hmm. but this is like this mm. is Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I've heard so many uh fellow performers, SNL people be just be just rave about him and and say, you know what, he's the most talented guy that we know. He can just do so much. His range is so amazing. Oh my god, my, did- my pits are sweating. I just like after the smelling great thing. Starting <laughs> <laughs> hot. You're starting getting hot in Cambodia. Yeah, I just got really excited. <laughs> you felt Sorry. it. I felt uh, it. All right, okay. we got to. We, we, we could move a little faster. Yeah, we got to yeah, Sorry. Go right. through these. Outstanding supporting actress in a drama series: Maura Tierney, The Affair, Maggie Smith, Downton Abbey, Lena Headey, uh, 
Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones, Maisie Williams, Game of Thrones, and Constance Zimmer, Unreal. Guys? I think it's Constance Zimmer's year. No? Yeah? Or Interesting. <laughs> I haven't seen that show, but people are, 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 are fucking raving about Unreal, yeah. and I really want to watch it. Uh, I just haven't found it yet. Uh, Constance Zimmer is fortunate that she's competing with the first season on Real and not the second season, which is not very good. Oh, all and right. uh, I I worry in that scenario that then she's sort of competing against herself there, and the fresher memories of these newer episodes because of that weird eligibility window where this aired last summer, but all of the voting happened while its second lesser season was airing. Mm -hmm. Um, This kind of seems to me like a Game of Thrones lock. Uh, I would love to see Maisie Williams get it. The the Arya stuff, I know people were very frustrated with Mm -hmm. this past season, but there were were some so many moments for her where like it, it was it was surprising and compelling in ways that i don't think either cersei or uh danny's but you know it's it's interesting because i I, you know it's interesting to not see i forget the actress's name that plays sansa oh yeah you know she had a great season too oh she did um and i've i've read some stuff being like well where's she well there's already three nominated you can't really i mean they can't sweep the category but i know but i would have liked seen her over amelia clark i I think think i read uh rolling stone was like you know they they may give it to Maggie Smith <laughs> because this might be her last award. She, she never will. goes though. It's sort of like, <laughs> I mean, that's not very exciting. This is, is this really the only category that Downton's uh, nominated? Oh no, I guess best drama. Yeah. Drama somehow series. it snuck into yeah. outstanding drama. Um, <clears throat> outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. He won last year. Ben Mendelsohn, Bloodline, Kit Harington, Game of Thrones, Michael Kelly, House of Cards, and John Voight, Ray Donovan. Um, I hope Jonathan Banks, he's that character so great, and I feel like it's really culminated in in his portrayal on uh on Better Call Saul. Um, he just has more to work with than he did on Breaking Bad, and it's cool to see him nominated, I think. Did he get enough this season, though? Because I feel like Mike was very much on the fringes of that entire second season, which was such an That's improvement true. on the first season, which was very good to begin with. Yeah. Like, All right, we are outstanding lead actor in a drama series. Uh, Kyle Chandler, Bloodline, uh, Rami Malek? I think that's mm-hmm. how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Robot, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese, The Americans, Leah Schreiber, Ray Donovan, and Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. Um, I, I'm going to go with Rami Malek. Yep. I think he just that's that's the award that this that that uh, Mr. Robot's going to win. Matthew Reese, I don't know. It's the award that Mr. Robot deserves as well because yeah. he is he is yeah. such a central figure to that first season. I think he may have the same sort of Constance Zimmer problem where his work from last year may have been being weighed against the work that was rolling out during the voting process. Uh I have so I have so many horses in this particular race, but the strongest, the fastest, the most emotionally affecting is Matthew Reese as Philip Jennings on The Americans. Yeah, this and, might be his year for that, I think. And what a, you know, we talk about all these patterns, these these trends that happen in the Emmys. The Americans, a show in its fourth season, 
which had never been nominated for anything other than Margot Martindale as a guest actor. And maybe I think there may have been some writing nominations, Mm -hmm. but to suddenly become such a powerhouse in three of the major categories, uh, an amazing story, a great turnaround for the best drama on television, which probably won't win outstanding drama series, but Mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. It's always the best drums. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, it's Ringing into doors. <laughs> Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Claire Danes, Homeland, uh, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Taraji and on Empire, Tatiana Maslany. Uh, Orphan Black, Carrie Russell, The Americans, Robin Wright. I feel like I'm pronouncing all these people's names wrong. No, I think No, so. you got them all right. right. Oh, good. All right. I, 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 for sheer work effort, workload, I'm saying Tatiana Maslany. Oh. <laughs> well, no, because she's just she's just all the characters. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, was she nominated off. last year? Do you remember? Yeah, I think she was. No, I, I know. I want to say this was her first year because yeah, I think it might be because for so long the narrative of Warf and Black was like Tatiana Maslany deserves this nomination. She's playing all of these characters, but. The Academy has a very heavy bias against genre, mm-hmm. uh, so you've got to you've got to get over that sci-fi hurdle to get into yeah. the nominees pool. And yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, another another surprise story there that like that show that show was in its third fourth season. Yeah, uh, I, I I like Maya have yeah. fallen off on that one. So. Yeah, I we started it. in the second first... season and then we we've fallen off. Yeah, but I still think she's super talented. She's great. So Carrie Russell for you. Uh, another Carrie Russell, another Americans endorsement yeah. here for me. Carrie Russell, uh, the episode she submitted has one of the most intense, fiercest monologues I've ever seen in anything, and the faces that she holds as she's delivering those lines put the fear of god in me like <laughs> she's been she's been playing this character with such such intensity for so many years and was just being overlooked for it yeah and this is her first nomination ever for anything so. which is kind of crazy yeah. for someone yeah, who's been who's been in the industry going all the way back to the disney channel mickey <laughs> mouse club yeah yeah felicity man all right, outstanding. We're getting to the end here. Outstanding comedy series, Blackish, Master of None, Modern Family, Silicon Valley, Transparent, uh, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. Mm. Veep again? We're transparent. But I don't know. Probably Veep. Yeah. I like Blackish's chances in this. Yeah. I think yeah. this is this is where that show can kind of shine, where I think the the two sides of it are represented in the the acting nominees where Tracy Ellis Ross's nomination comes from a more explicitly comedic episode. Anthony Anderson's is from a very right. heavily dramatic one. Uh, I think this is where it can kind of pull together and, yeah. and win outstanding comedy series because it was... Yeah. All, all of these shows are exciting and... Funny mm. in their own ways. And... Other than modern films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even see it. You said it and I didn't hear no, it. No, we're so used to it being in that yeah. It's just a default. We filter it out. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's like Elliot hearing E-Core as Evil yeah. Core. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like to, to have this category where it's blackish, it's master of none, it's transparent, it's unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, all of like so many yeah. different types of stories being told in a comedic milieu. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what a category. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to the final one, outstanding drama series, The Americans, Better Call Saul, Downton Abbey, uh, Game of Thrones, Homeland, <laughs> Homeland, uh, House of Cards, and Mr. Robot. 
I mean, between Downton Abbey and Homeland, let's just uh, get those out of the way. Well, and also House of Cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, even, yeah, House of Cards. Here's yeah. a situation where expanding the series nominees to six or seven, like, really kind of weirdly yeah. shoots the Academy in its foot, where it's got, like, hey, come, we, we cracked a door open for House mm-hmm. of Cards. Come on in. <laughs> right. I also saw a lot of people in predictions thought Billions would be about nominated. I, I don't know. I, Billions? Like, yeah, like Hollywood Reporter, I think. Uh, there were a couple of people that thought that would be, which I, I haven't am even a watched. Paul Giamatti you love Paul Giamatti. <laughs> well, yeah. I always say he's a tumbleweed of pubic hair, but that's just me. <laughs> um, um, well, I, I'm guessing Eric would say the Americans. You would guess correctly. Um, yeah, you know they maybe Game of Thrones again. They do love repeats. Mr. Robot it would was kind a, of be I, the, the shocking surprise, mm-hmm. you know. The, the fresh Mr. newcomer. To win. Yeah, so. I thought it was a great season of Game of Thrones. I, I mean, I, I, I would not be surprised, but it would be great to see the Americans win. It would It would also be great to see Better Call Saul win. Yeah. I, I would not mind. Like, that show did not miss a beat when it mm-hmm. came back. And, uh, you know, it's. I think all of these shows are very lucky that they're not competing against The People versus OJ because I think that is actually yeah, the outstanding yeah. drama series mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah, this is really the category I, I'm least, now that I see it, I'm probably the least sure, mm-hmm. even with all the options on. So who knows? Should be the Americans, but uh, there's still a very heavy uh, communist, anti-communist bias right. uh, in Hollywood. It's a little risky. Um, uh, Maya, you have to run, don't you? I do. I have to go to work. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I'm sorry that this yeah. tri- that uh, we spent so much no, time. No, we kind of expected. Really, that. we did a deep dive, but yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really like going through everything. Everyone, I, it was all so good. It was a great year for for all the, for all the TV, and I thought it was yeah, it should it was be fun, fun to, talk to see about. who wins. It's it feels very strange to be so energized and to I have know. like said to have said the word great so many times while talking about I'm the Emmys. I'm not depressed at all right yeah. now. All right, yeah. go do your thing. I'll okay. finish up with Eric here. Bye. Uh, yeah, so any any other kind of final thoughts that you have as far as these noms, the actual ceremony, what, what, I mean... Yeah, I don't know what to expect from the ceremony this year uh, because I can't, like, I, uh, I can't remember what it was like the last time Jimmy Kimmel hosted, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ABC is not going to take as many chances with the ceremony as Fox did last year. Sure. Like the, the, the lonely Island slash comedy bang, bang year of the <laughs> Emmys. Um, so I think it's entirely possible that the television Academy will kind of go a little bit more conservative, a little more reserved. Sure. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a real tearjerker of an in memoriam, uh, yeah. Segment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, you know, I, I already said it, it seems so strange to be so excited to watch this award yeah, show and actually yeah. have shows that I want to, that I'm, that I'm rooting for as much as I don't think they stand a chance. Right. Um, but. And I mean, and that's a great testament to where we are in TV culture and TV production. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Not to mention that there are so many great shows that didn't get nominated. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But. I mean, thank you for doing this. I, I just want to say, is there is there anything you want to like promote, plug, or anything like that? Or uh, well, if you're a subscriber to Howl FM, you can listen to the podcast I co-hosted about fan theories called "I Know It Sounds Crazy." Uh, all eight episodes of that are available for a monthly subscription on Howl, which you know awesome. you can get all sorts of fun exclusives. There's uh, tons on there. Uh, you get 
Comedy Bang Bang Live shows and uh, other programs uh, done by Earwolf talent. Uh, and then a dumb show where Sean O'Neill tries to convince me that uh, <laughs> fan theories are a worthwhile endeavor. Spoiler alert, they're not. Uh, <laughs> and you can, of course, read all sorts of television criticism and pop culture commentary at www.avclub.com. Uh, of daily updates, yeah. hourly updates. We're all over the nets. Yeah. Watch us on Facebook Live. Amazing. There's so many opportunities. There is. Say, yeah, yeah. It's uh, much... Live. Much like uh, much like the peak TV environment, there's exactly. so many places to put AV Club content these days. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric Adams, for being here. Uh, I really appreciate it. This was super fun. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, cool. Hey, the great job, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> the great job. The great job, Maya. Thank you. Great job, Evan. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Um, wow. There's another one. Another Another episode's down, down, done, done. done. Um, yeah. Okay. So we got to, we're going to try to pick up our game here. Get get a few more, you know, I always want to have really great guests on and that's, you know, and And we have had great guests on and that's, that's. So what we're saying is maybe step up your game. If we have any famous, interesting (laughs) TV industry professionals that listen. Yeah. This is not on us. It's more on you. Booking is hard. Booking is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd like to not do as much work. So just call us. Um, <laughs> you can find all of our social media and information on pilotcopilots.com. Yep. And subscribe, uh, on iTunes yeah. and spread the word about yeah. us and engage with us on social media, yeah, right? We want some letters. Yeah. We want your opinion. Like we want really meaty sort of controversial opinions. I'd take hate mail. Oh yeah. Any mail. I'd prefer hate Honestly, mail. Honestly, send us. Come send at us, us. We want it. Comment on our Facebook, you know, tweet us on LinkedIn, Uber us on Reddit, all that stuff. All that stuff. Um. All those words. <laughs> uh, Pilot Copilots is produced by Evan Watkins and Maya Boudreaux. And thank you again to Chris Ryan for our wonderful theme music. I love our theme music. Thank all right. Too. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.